Welcome everybody to Summer School, a space for the woke, witty, and sometimes ratchet educator, for our educator allies who just want to get it right, for those who want the real inside scoop of the day-to-day -day joys and woes of working with black and brown children, families, and communities, for those who know black and brown educators are needed, multi-dimensional, and sometimes just petty as hell. Started my career as a special education teacher at an all boys high school. Don't even trip. I definitely held my own and they didn't even try me like that. The school's mission was to fight against the stereotypes and narratives created about black boys and what they can and can't achieve. There were days my heart would smile when I saw all these black male educators wrapping their arms around these young men, affirming them, giving them so much hope and something different to look up to. It was truly a sight to see. But there were some days, look, I, I, I just have to be honest, where I would say to myself, who hired him? And why is he still here? I see and understand the value in having representation in our schools. We need more people of color who are ready to take on this charge, but at what cost? We also need to face the reality that just because you're black or brown doesn't give you like this golden ticket to be in a classroom. We still need to treat being an educator as a real profession that requires training, experience, growth. And when not proven effective, look, getting steps to help them improve or just find another profession. But who am I? Let me know your thoughts. Drop us a line at info at the summer school podcast.com. for professional development. Here we'll connect with the guests or I'll explore a topic that's meant to challenge our thoughts and sometimes just say the things we've all been thinking. Kamaria Lockhart, Cami, as most of us know her, is from Nashville, Tennessee. She has always been immersed in education. Her mother is a retired educator. Shout out to all y'all that grew up with an educator in y'all house. But her love for teaching stems from giving hope to minority children in a society that tells them no. Her passion derived from seeing those forgotten children ultimately succeed. Her drive comes from those before her who have fought for educational equality. Her first exposure to teaching was her freshman year of college at Howard University Middle School. She was a teacher's assistant there for more than three years. After graduating from Howard University, she became a substitute teacher while obtaining her master's degree. Upon finishing graduate school, she relocated to Atlanta, Georgia, and taught high school science for five years. She currently teaches middle school science at KIPP and will be wrapping up her seventh year of teaching at the end of this year.
Byron Lockhart, my homie, is originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. He started his journey in education while attending Howard University. He initially began working at the Howard University Middle School of Mathematics and Science as an intern just to, you know, get a little extra money, you know, doing what he can. He immediately felt a connection to the kids and helping them grow, not only as students, but as young men and women. He spent a total of five years at MS2 before transitioning to Roslyn's Children's Center as an early childhood teacher. He was there for three and a half years, working with ages two through pre-K. After leaving RCC, he moved down to Atlanta and started at KIPP in January of 2016. While at KIPP, he's had the opportunity to teach first and third grade math and science. Welcome, Thanks for, thanks for being on, y'all. Uh, really appreciate it. We are going to have a dope conversation today and hopefully get some good laughs in. You just want to be raw and candid because we know this work is very hard for our black and brown educators. And sometimes we yes, just need yes. a space to just be. So hopefully we can create that today. So in good fashion, I would love for you all to share like a hilarious moment you all have had within education. It could be your own experience. It can be maybe something you've witnessed. It can be um, maybe something you were a, a student. Anything you want to share. Hey, Pookie. Right. She wants to be a part. All right. Um, I, I guess probably a, a good moment for me. Um, I, it was one of my students when I was teaching last year, actually. And she told me the story about how she was mad at her brother because she had scratched him and her parents said, you don't get your toys back until his scratch heals. <laughs> so she, she was telling me that she hated him, all of these things. You know, I'm like, nah, nah, you know, it, it's going to be okay. It'll take a couple days. So we had parent-teacher conferences, and I told her parents about it. And I'm sure they talked to her, so we had some review work. And, of course, I put the teacher's names in there, put students' names. So every question that had my name in it, she scratched it out and put the other math teacher's name um, just because at that moment we had beef and, you know, she felt like I had betrayed her trust, but everything was good. We worked it out and we are friends. <laughs> they be so hurt. They be in their feelings, oh, man. man. That's why she I was deal upset. with them little ones. They be too hurt. Too hurt. Cammie, exactly. <laughs> do you have upset. one? I do. So, um, previously I taught high school chemistry and they had to do this end of the year like project where they got to just choose whatever project they wanted to do and present it so she chose to test out um shoe cleaner right and she was an avid jordan fan so she went and she bought like all these different shoe cleaners your face <laughs> and she wanted to test them out so she tested out soap and water and then it's like the jason jason mark jason mark brand etc she did the whole thing but whatever she bought one time uh like she tried to make her own and it stained the bottom of her Jordans like this lavender, this lavender purple color, right? And so when she was presenting, you could see all the kids' nails. 
You can see all the kids' faces cringe and they were like, uh-uh, we ain't never mind. Your shoe clean. Your Jordans are purple now. Uh, she was really hurt. But, like, she almost cried. She was like, these my favorite Jordans. And I messed them up for your class. And I was like, I'll let you choose your own. But it was really funny because, you know, high schoolers are attached to their yeah. shoes. Um, yeah. But she had an A on the project, so. Out of all of that, you, I'm glad you gave her an A. Hell. She got an A. I hope so. Um, I would I would love to kind of just kick off a little bit. I want to hear like why y'all are still in education. Because I feel like our black and brown folks are leaving classrooms and schools in ways like they're, they're, they're leaving. I would love to hear because I know y'all and I know, you know, back in our college days, we weren't originally thinking about being educators. We weren't. So why are y'all kind of still in the good fight? Uh, I would say for me, it's, I'm a connection person. So like I, this is a place where I get to either make new connections every year with these kids or I'm just, like, strengthening connections. So it's dope to have, like, a kid that I taught and then three years, like, they're bringing me their brother or their sister by in the morning that's in kindergarten. And then I'm teaching that kid when they get to third grade. Or, like, my favorite time is 7.15 to 7.40, breakfast time. And it's a room full of kids that I don't teach I'm ne- or I've never even taught that are just in my room hanging out just because, like, we have – that connection and it allows me to kind of like get get through to them where other people can't so if i see a kid walking in a hall i'm like why why are you out here well this happened blah 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 okay well let's how can we fix this like how can we make this better in order for you to be back in the classroom learning something so it's just i mean it's just that like that connection being able to connect with these kids who may not connect with any other adult ever Mm -hmm. yeah um so, like you said, in college, none of us were thinking about being a teacher. Uh, it kind of just, like, fell upon us. I will say, I still question every day, like, <laughs> why not a teacher? You know, like, this work is hard. I am very scared about what the nation would look like if our children are not taught by people that look like them mm-hmm. um, and have their best interests at heart. Uh it scares me. So I'm still in education and I'm so passionate about it because our black and brown children need an advocate and they don't have one. Yeah. And we're failing them like on such a vast scale. And I just hope I'm one teacher throughout their entire years like of education that got it right for yeah. them. That righted the ship uh, to make them want to do better with their life or tell them that you can do it. You know, like, you are smart enough to do whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. So, that's why. Thanks. Um, so, to, today's topic might be a little controversial. I think folks may, I think it's something that we've thought about. But we haven't really talked about it. It People may feel all types of ways about it. But I think it's something we should explore. So essentially, I want to know, 
if there's a difference or who is the better educator, black women or black men. Um, so I would love for us to, to dig into this thing and first really start off with knowingly or unknowingly, are there different expectations for black men in education than black women in education? All right, I'm gonna let him start and I'm gonna take her downstairs so we can have this conversation without baby cries. Okay. But I can actually have a response. <laughs> uh, I would, I personally don't think so. Just because, like, with the place, that, the school that I teach at, it's a good number of black male educators. Mm. And I think we are, it, it's kind of held you know, to this, we hold our, to the same standard across the board. Yeah. And I think even us, like, I think we, the males, hold ourselves to a certain standard. Mm. Like, so we have, like, a, a men's group meet where we're, you know, we're talking about, well, what can we do? Like, how can we help out the boys? Or what, you know, just different things we can do to, to make sure that our impact is being felt and to make sure that, Nobody can ever come back to us and say, well, mm. you're slacking here or you're doing this. So, like, we, you know, we make sure that we're holding our each other accountable as black men first. And then, like, every, you know, everything yeah. else follows along with it. Yeah. We'll pause for a second so Cammy can, okay. can answer the question. Um, you can go. Yeah. So, I feel like... <sighs> I feel like we need more black male educators. And why black women are like essential, not just to education, but to the entire world. Um, We need more black educators right now. There's a difference because we, women cannot fill the gap that black men bring. And a lot of our students need that, like, they have that void of maleness and, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. maybe they don't have a male figure in the house. Um, and it's so needed. Like, I teach fifth grade right now and the boys are off the chain, okay? Mm-hmm. They are bouncing off the wall and we have one male teacher. And the way they act with him, as compared to how they act with everyone else, is so different. Um, they don't try him. They come mm. in, they sit down, they be quiet. With the the female teachers, they act like how they would act with their mothers. Which means, you know, like, they're comfortable with us. I get that, you know. Uh, they gonna come cry to me. Man, Miss Lockhart, they, them kids tripping like he tripping. They talk to me about him. Mr. Chia tripping today. He want me to come in and say, well, you know, you can do that, can't you? Yeah. Man, he got me messed up. So, like, it's different. They come to me for mothering. Mm-hmm. It's the black man for like discipline. Yep, yep. Do do you all see that um, that there is a difference in performance with black male teachers and black women teachers? Do you all see like a different level of effectiveness in like classroom instruction or pedagogy or? Just- I don't know about like effectiveness in in regards to like teaching like if he teaches better than I do or if he's more effective I will say that I feel like black men may get away with more or Mm. may get away with not doing as much because the black 
the black woman is like the mule. So as a black woman, you got to do A, B, C, D, and E. And you better not get tired. Um, as a black man, oh, we don't have that many of you all. So you forgot to do C and D. It's okay, though, because mm. we need you. Um, see that a lot. Wow. Well, you know, Miss Lockhart, you forgot to take your attendance today. I'm about to write you up. Well, he ain't taking his attendance in three weeks. Well, that's because someone else forgot to do it for him type of thing. Um, he may disagree, but whatever. He already know what it is. Uh, they they always uphold black women to like a much higher standard of getting things done than they do anybody else in the workplace. You can go. I mean, you know, tread lightly. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say that uh, let me say, I would say no. That that it it just it, I think it depends on the teacher. Period. Whether it's mm-hmm. black man, like I just think it it whatever your style is or whatever you're coming to do, you're gonna get it done. So if that if you come in and say I'm gonna be this effective teacher, then you're gonna take the steps in order to do it. So I, I mean I've seen black men slack off, I've seen black women, and then I've seen black men like really step up to, yeah. you know, to want to be in those leadership roles or to want to make sure that their classroom is the best classroom in the grade or you know the best classroom in the school. I would agree with that, but they also have a lot of black women around them mm. doing things for them inadvertently, even if black men don't notice it. Like you have a really good classroom. Right? Yes. How many women are helping you some type Ooh, of way? I'm, yes. After school building. <laughs> exactly. See? Uh, it yes. happens. Okay. Yes, my, my classroom looks nice. The aesthetics. <laughs> but it I mean, so but that like so if somebody does that for me, then I'll make sure that okay, hey, I need you we need to print out this work. So I'm gonna do that because you help you know, you put up my bulletin board for me. So let me go ahead and and pay, you know, pay you back or give you that favor back. Or just because I want, I teach third grade math. So I want third grade math to do the best that they can do. So I'm going to do what I need to do for my class and what I need to do for the other two classes that I don't teach to make sure that we're on the same level. Yeah. And, you know, like, I do certain things in my classroom and she does certain things in her classroom. And I'll go in there and watch and just say, hey, that's good. Let me take that back. Or, you know, I'll send her what we're working on so that she may be able to take some of that and put it into her classroom. Mm-hmm. Kimmy touched on a point that I, I I must say is true. I I think, I think we turn a blind eye to like glaring things that that black men are doing in the classroom or not doing. And it's because we're trying our best to keep them. Um, And I think that there has to be like a better way of coaching them up or like something so that they can become more effective and it can be an equal playing field. But I must say, I've seen it several times in several schools that I've worked in. It's just like we're pretending like we didn't see what we just saw or hear what we just heard or whatever. And I don't know. I I know Byron, you said it can be anybody, but. (sighs) I will, well, I will say that one of the things that I noticed in my school, this was probably like two or three years ago is that we had 
a, a male, a black male teacher come in as like our uh, resident coach. And at that time, I was the only male teacher that he didn't coach. So I think that helped out a lot. Like when I think him him being able to come to them like man to man. And mm. I think it it it's a, it might have been received a lot better mm. if I can come to you as a man and say, hey, you know what? Like, I really just need you to make sure that you're doing it. And then he became my coach last year, and he would just, you know, come in and be like, hey, you're doing this really well. Like, just keep it up or make sure you're doing, you know, make sure you try this little tweak. Or mm-hmm. And I think, I think as a man, it just – and I mean, I'm open to accepting feedback from everybody. But I think man to man, it just comes off a little different. Like, oh, that's you know, that's my, my that's my man. Like, Byron, that's some bullshit, though. Why? Why is it that I can't? No, no, I'm that male ego, man. I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, that's one. I'm, I'm just telling you one way that I think it would have, it, it can be. I'm effective. sure, I'm sure it's effective like that, which is why you need more black teachers to talk or black male teachers to talk to these black men or black boys because they perceive it totally different coming from you and they would for me it is bullshit though like I'm, why i'm just i'm just, i have to take feedback from my male principal the same way i would from my female principal right yes. like even though he may not understand all the struggles that mm-hmm. i'm dealing with because you know being a mother is much harder than being a father it is what it is mm-hmm. my days are longer okay so him telling me man you slacking and this is why because you usually you usually get here at 7 15 you get here at 7 30 now like Whereas the female principal could be like, hey, I understand. You got a family at home. I know what you're going through. Yeah. You still got to be here at 715, yeah. though. You know, it's different. Why? Listen, I don't I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I'm just <laughs> I'm just telling you. They also move up the ladder quicker because there's not that many black men. So yeah. I need to push you all up because I need more black men in leadership or... When I was in high school, all the coaches moved up. So all you had to do was coach, okay? And now you're recognized because you coach a team. The Ooh. team could be terrible, okay? Like, y'all ain't won a game in 10 years. <laughs> but the, the kids respect you because you coach, okay? So, oh, I got to get out the hallway because coach is coming down the hallway. So now, now admin is looking at you like you have way more classroom management, which may not be the case. Um, and now they're going to move you up. Now you in leadership positions, but you have not done the same amount of work. Listen, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just expressing my opinion about what, I, you know, I think that what is effective for some black men, like to hear it from another black man. I also, when, I think when you see like that your a black male is in that position of power, it also sparks you to be like, well, I can also do it. Like, it's not just women that are in leadership. Like, I can be an AP. I can be a principal. Because he left to go found another school. Mm. Like, with some of his homeboys from TFA. So, I think it's just one of those things, like... Representation. Yeah, and it's like, okay, I can do this. I can move up the ladder. I can, you know, go found my own school. Or I can be an AP. And still be able to, like take these other black men with me or keep them in in the circle and want to be educators. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with, with someone who was speaking on uh, career pipelines in, in K-12 for black and brown, just people in general. But then when we start narrowing in that conversation and talk about women, 
in men. Um, I think I, I've seen a couple things happen. I've seen men get pushed up way too quickly. Um, I've seen uh, women get pushed, not pushed up. It takes them a little bit longer to assume these roles as, as leaders. And I think that I've had a few conversations with folks and they feel like black men educators are not as organized, thorough, or have like strong instructional practices and they are successful in their classrooms because of relationships with kids. I don't know. What I don't know. What do y'all think? Um I'm gonna let you start. I mean, that's so my classroom. <laughs> my, I try to keep my classroom very organized. Um, and I think like just thorough and the educational practices. I could be a little stronger, but I it is the relationships. And I think so with like the organizational piece. I do it just so that. If you need something, we can cut down on this time of like, I need X, Y, Z. Okay, you know where it is, go get it so that I can keep teaching. Because you waste a lot of time with, well, I don't have a pencil or I can't do this or, you know, whatever it is. And it, it just helps to keep it streamlined like with that. So that's why I keep it organized. As far as thorough, I, I do what I need to do in order to make sure that I can reach all of the kids. Like, mm-hmm. so if I know that one child may really be struggling, I'll, you know, pair them up with somebody that's strong or I'll have somebody strong, like teach everybody else. And so I can pull those small groups to make sure that we're keeping up with everybody else. Um, it's relationships. I mean, yeah. I, and I, it's a lot of relationships and, but if you have those strong relationships, your kids will do whatever you will ask them to do. As long as they in good, like within mm-hmm. reason, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll sit down. They'll mm-hmm. make sure that they're not talking and you can just look at them and it's like, okay, I'm tripping. I think that's or, true for across the board for women and men yeah. in classrooms. It's relationships. Yes. But I Go feel ahead. like women... <laughs> Still, we got to be like super tight with structures and systems in our classroom. And we're expected to have those things as well in order to to reach um, students or have strong instructional practices. Like just baseline. If y'all take into account all the black women educators, you know, all the black male educators, you know. Are the women more organized, more thorough, and have better yes. classroom instruction, do they? Yes, 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 yes. Now, he's more organized than me in, like, regular life. You know what I mean? And his classroom may even be more organized than me. But all, like, men in general, women just working twice as hard, doing twice as much, getting, you know, much less recognition. It is what it is. Like, it, that's true. It is. So, Byron, just like yes or no, black women are more organized, more thorough, and have stronger classroom instruction. Come on, man. I'm, what are we doing right I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Um, yeah, I say yeah. 
just across the board from what I've seen. And is that is that just because of our nature with being women, or is this or is it like more of a a systemic thing that we're responding systemic. to? Systemic. I think we were raised to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get the whole like as black people, you gotta work twice as hard, right? And then as black women, you have to work three times as hard. It's just it comes with being a black woman. Um, it's just like part of the territory. Uh, both of our mothers were teachers too, mm-hmm. so like seeing our parents move through systems, and now we're in an educational system. Uh. My mom became a principal and watching her struggle to get there. And Jasmine, you and I have talked about, you know, whole the whole leadership thing. Mm-hmm. And I told you, like I said, I saw my mother become a, a, a principal and how hard that was. And I know half of that was because she was a black woman. Mm-hmm. It would not have been the same if my father was a principal. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is the world we live in, unfortunately. So one way that I know we can kind of combat this this bias that may be happening in our school buildings is a lot of it has to do with leadership, um, being able to address those things. So with that, are either of you thinking about uh, becoming a, a school leader? <laughs> I don't ne- not I don't necessarily want to be a, a leader of a school. I I wouldn't mind getting into like math coaching or like you know so doing the coaching route mm-hmm. but not necessarily like principal no nah, that's that's not 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 yet let me he, um he has really good test scores he has like some of the best test scores for our district um they probably gonna keep him keep you in the classroom i don't think so i think they're pushing him towards leadership and he wants to deny it oh wow yeah, like I, school, I'm just, school I'm leadership not, I'm not. or more like coaching or school leadership. So they at at, at a point they had a, a coach like position, but it's now moved under like the AP umbrella. So mm-hmm. it would be like going the grade level chair, then to like AP, where you would under that. You know, part of it would be like the coaching aspect of it. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. So, yeah, they're pushing him towards becoming an AP. That's, pretty much. That's great, Byron. Uh, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day. What about you, Tammy? <laughs> um, I am a part of the leadership team now. Um, I'm, I, I've always had this hate-love relationship with education. I see it being on my trajectory but I want to say no. I, I want to be closer to children. Yeah. Yes, I, eventually I think I'll become an assistant principal. Mm-hmm. But I, because, you know, like you need effective leaders in order to have effective classrooms. Mm-hmm. But I would prefer to be in a classroom with my kids. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I mean, that's why I won't leave the actual school building because people are like, what's next, what's next? I'm like... I need to perfect what it looks like being a school leader. And that takes a lot of years. Yeah. And that's kind of what some of the problem we have in education is people moving too fast. Like we, we haven't yeah. fig- figured out 
a good formula for anything yet. Every year it's a new strategy, it's a new initiative, it's a new something that we're trying and we haven't figured out a formula because people are just moving too fast and we, we're not creating some level of consistency to, to figure out like what good instruction is. But what is good instruction? Hmm? What is good instruction? Are you asking me or are you like saying like what is good instruction? What I'm asking. Well, hmm. Do we have enough time? So <laughs> I, I, I actually think it's quite simple. I think it's a combination of having a strong curriculum paired with someone who uh, uses really someone who has figured out pedagogy in a way that relates to children and then someone who actually likes children being in the classroom. Like, I, I, I honestly think that's it. You need to have the teacher moves. You need to be led by a good curriculum. And then you need to like kids because a lot of people are in classrooms that don't like kids. They're strong, like have strong instructional practices using the curriculum, all of that, but you, like, your kids hate you. And, you don't love yeah. and, and it's still, like, a block there. So I think it's it's a simple formula, and for some reason, like, educated is, like, one a missing link somewhere, and, it, and it's hard to coach up people to, to change some of those things, too. Like, being, coaching is hard. Coaching uh, from good to great is hard. We've discussed like myself and my current school leaders, like when you're hiring teachers, are you looking for children for teachers who love kids? Because I feel like you can, most people you can effectively teach someone how mm-hmm. to teach instruction, but you can't teach someone how to love on children. And what does that look like in an interview process to make sure you're hiring teachers yeah. who love kids? And love the kids that they will be teaching. Yeah. Because, of course, biases exist in all people. So, like, yeah. how are you sure that that teacher's going to love these black and brown children who have these, who are coming from, like, these broken homes that need so much extra love yep. um, besides what you're teaching them? Yep. I want to transition us to a segment in the show called um, Cold Call Letter from an Educator. So, okay. I think that you guys would be able to to speak to this pretty pretty well um, and give this person some advice. So here we go. I am a black female teacher in an all-boys school. One issue I am facing is the use of the N-word in the classroom. My co-teacher and I have had several discussions on how to tackle it. We've even spoken with our uh, administrators. My way of handling this is much different than my co-teacher who is white. The white teacher believes that they have the right or the authority over the word, so they should be able to use the word. I am offended and just over it and being a black person, don't want to hear the N-word in my workspace, especially in the classroom where we should be educating children. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Oh, listen, that white woman got to go. <laughs> she gotta go. What you mean? You can't tell me nothing about the N-word. You don't even have the right to speak about it. Whatever I say goes. Matter of fact, if you just need to act like you didn't hear it, 
that's fine. But don't be in here giving my children mixed signals. Yeah. If I say don't use the N-word, that's what I need. And you're not going to use it in front of me. So, I mean, maybe they don't respect the teacher enough right now. She hadn't gained their respect for them and not use it. Because I taught high school, all black kids. And what you're not going to say is the N-word. And if you slip up, you'd be like, all right, my bad. I ain't mm-hmm. need to. Okay, cool. But you're not about to come in here and, com- and continuously disrespect me without something happening. And the white teacher got to go. She just... She, she got to go? Like, she got to get fired, Kimmy? She got to go. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't got to get fired, but she got to go out of my room for that. Like, <laughs> we not on the same wavelength, so you need to find another class or something. Did she say what, what grade or what age she teaches? I think it's eighth grade. Yep, nope. Eighth grade. I mean, <clears throat> this may be a little extreme. I'm, I'm be, but this is probably what I would do. I would, you know, ask the the co teacher to step out or like, you know, and I would let them know like, hey, when y'all are, you know, like it's it's a white person in here with y'all when y'all are using this word, and the the whatever the thought is that you have behind using this word is completely different than when she hears it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we may have to go back and throw up some old pictures of, you know, people. History. Yeah, like some yeah. historical context. Just like, so whenever you say it, this is what she's saying. Is is this what, you're not, you know, you're not in this place and time in this setting. So don't give her a reason to, to think of you outside mm-hmm. of who you That's are important. as your individual, you know, person. That's better advice. Yeah, you said like, the right thing. I did not. But yeah, I mean, it may be extreme and it may be some graphic pictures, but I you have to make them understand, like, there's a certain time and a certain place if you choose to use that word where you should or should not use it. And in the school building, especially in front of a teacher that is not black, this is what you're portraying to that teacher. So why the teacher got to be out the room when this happens? She don't. I'm I'm just saying, like, just so they, you can get into like the real of it. We can get into the real of it with our right there. I, I mean, you <laughs> could also you you could. I would have a conversation with her. Nope. And then I would also have a conversation <laughs> with them separately, and then we would have like a a a whole group discussion. Nope. But I want I I want to be able to get into the real of like, hey man, this is this is what when you say it. This is what's going on. I've been having this issue with these white teachers. I have been having a lot of issues, okay? And when you step in, when you say you want to work in a minority-based school with mm-hmm. these minority children, you have to immerse yourself in the culture. Um, this whole white gaslighting thing, um, I'm just going to make sure I don't share, share this with my coworkers. They can't watch this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, like, we have some uh, white teachers, and they consistently cried in front of these children and it's you know it's portraying the wrong message like now the kids feel like they broke you why are you crying in front of these black kids what about them is making you so angry that you cannot control your emotions so it's the same thing like no we got to get into the root of these things if you want to teach kids you need to be immersed in this culture stop crying in front of them stop giving them any type of excuse that you would not give your own child because you need mm. to uphold whatever standards we set because the world is going to be hard on them. I don't need you to be easy on them. And that's what this white teacher is like. Well, in the cultural context, they can use it. No, they cannot. And here's why. Yeah, no, I would have that conversation with her. Like, this is what it is. But I also want them to understand without 
her being there, like what you're portraying to her. Yeah. Like, cause I don't want, I don't, I, I want them to be able to ask like real questions. But she should be able to, to jump into that conversation. And I mean, this is what you're portraying to me. Yes. So she could do that after we had the conversation. Like, excuse me, miss, whatever. Like, they don't, they shouldn't be able to say it because X, Y, and Z. Like, yes. And I mean, whether you under, well, like, whether she knows it or not, when you hear it, she's still thinking about, like, that this historical context. So, no, they should not be able to say it. You shouldn't allow them to say it. You shouldn't make any excuses. And then I'm going to have this conversation with the students. And then she can come in and participate in the conversation, you know, for yeah. a certain amount of time. Cammy, you brought up a point. I actually hadn't thought about this before. Um, white te- teachers, and particularly white women, crying in front of, of black and brown students. I've, I never thought about that. And, like, the message that that could directly or indirectly be be sending to students. I need to unpack it a little bit, but it's interesting that you you mentioned that um, and this idea of maybe guilting kids, right? Into a response, yeah. Like, um, the questions we had to ask them was, what are you getting out of crying in front of these kids? You know, like, trying to get down to the root of what is your reason for crying? Um, you know, because, you know, white women, white feminine women, they're seen as fragile, right? And so they act fragile. Um, because whatever you're crying about, a black female teacher has dealt with something twice mm. as bad and still held it together. Whether they cried in the hallway or in the bathroom, they held it together in front of children because it's not my place to to put my burden, my emotional burden, on kids. Yep. So... Why is that okay? Yep, that's is the question. That's a that's a that's a really good point. That's a that's a great point, and it happens. It hap- It has happened in every single school that I <laughs> that I've worked in. And um, then what happens to them? Nothing happens to them after they cry. Like it's actually it's always oh my god it's okay like take a deep breath I'll cover your class go get your yes, together exactly ours get to go home and take the next day off. For real, to get their emotional state together. I'm about to they start would, crying. They <laughs> would never do that for you. They would never just do that start crying. <laughs> I, listen, I am. I'm first, first day, I'm letting them go. You would be crazy, though. You would be the crazy black man. It's, it's a different effect. Yeah. If a black woman started crying, she would be, like, super emotional or angry and all of that. And then she would be going to the principal's office. I mean, yeah. That, I mean, I've had talked about my emotional constancy. I don't, I don't cry. I just get very, very upset. So, like, I mean, that's that's always my feedback. It's always like emotional constancy, and I, I mean, it's a, I'm a work in progress. But my, you know, at, at a certain point, my kids understand. Like, okay, we need to relax. Like, he's, he's, he's no, he, like he's getting frustrated. Like, they know my go-to move is when I take off my glasses. Like, <laughs> this is it's one of these. Like, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Okay, man, chill out." He getting frustrated. Chill out. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's emotional constancy, but at the same time, like, yeah, I don't, I don't. The crying is. They're not having those talks with them about emotional. Yeah, emotional I don't. Yeah, I cannot believe they get to go home. They get to go home. <laughs> 
and they get the next day off? I had two on my team. Two this year on my team. They get paid for that day off? This is my first time hearing something like that. What are they what are they classifying this as? Like a mental health day? Like a Yeah, I guess. Listen, I don't know. But I don't know. Wow. I just know I can never do it. This is it's so shocking to me. But you know what, Cammy, you you really are making me think about this cuz I don't I actually in the school that I lead, I I don't have any um white women women teachers that have cried in front of kids so i haven't had to deal with that recently but in the past i have and i am guilty of okay go take go take a few minutes go get yourself together i'll I'll cover your class and never following up in a way that was like okay you got to get this together it's always been a way of okay let's talk through the situation let's let's figure out how I, i better coach you around this management skill or that but it's never been more of that wasn't okay. Like yeah. you shouldn't do this because of X, Y, and Z. So, wow, I'm just I'm I'm still stuck. <laughs> when you get to stay home the next day, they get to stay home, and then the kids like whatever the kids said now because there's so many other teachers rallying around the women who are crying. Well, what did they say? What did they do? And then. You know, now the other teachers are going to the child like, you need to go apologize to Miss So-and-so because you made her cry. Yep. The child was just being a child. The child would have done that to anyone. Like, what do you say? One one time, like, we have these co-teaching, like, she had a resident. It was a teacher and a resident. And one of the kids said, well, I think the resident is a better teacher than you. Full, full waterworks. Go be in her class then. (laughs) that would have never okay well I mean that's your opinion but I'm still doing my job she's not even a teacher yet she's in here to learn from you and whatever this child said put you in such a terrible mood that you were crying and now other teachers are like you need to go apologize to her what this is a 10 year old Wow. why are you putting all this weight on this child for being a child. You know, they tell me I want to be in such and such. Okay, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll see you later. And two weeks or a week later, I want to come back to your class. No, you decided to leave. Go ahead, pick up all your stuff. Take your stuff with you. Let me pick up your books and put them outside my door. I'll see you later. You need help? No, Byron, that's not how we respond no more. Just cry. Just cry. Just cry. Listen, I said, that's fine. Go ahead, give me my Howard sweatshirt back. And I'll see you later. Like, I see you. I said, it's no hard feelings, you know. Maybe I should have cried, though. I should have used the sweatshirt to wipe up my tears. I definitely (laughs) took some Howard sweatshirts back from kids. You're not representing my alma mater when you're walking down the hallway, so let me go ahead and get this back. That's not how we Oh, my gosh. That's. That is beyond me. Is this becoming like a movement? Are people like crying more <laughs> now to like? <laughs> I'm gonna do a little research. Listen, I'll let you know. <laughs> my, my mom has said it's always happened. She said, yeah. you know, like that's just the trend um, for white women that come to a school. They say they can't handle these bad children. Then they get the AP classes with the good kids. They get good test scores. 
then they are instantly moved up the pipeline more. Now they're your principal, but they were only teaching for three years and they never had classroom management, but they tell you how to maintain your class because you got all the bad kids. I mean, and it happened. It's, it's true. Oh my gosh, it's so true. I, can, I have not even, it's, it's so true. Yeah, they had the school board making up, um, you know, different policies. policies. That, that, hell, you needed a policy for that classroom. <laughs> yes. Make up a policy, go back, go back, <laughs> and make up a policy for your damn self. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, y'all. What is it like being married to an educator? Like, I'm married. We talk about leadership stuff all, all the time, but he's an entrepreneur, and his realm of the education conversation can only go so far without me ha- just He'd having like, to explain right. every damn thing. What's this? What's that? Look, just let's go to bed. But I feel like being married to an educator, either it could become exhausting talking about it all the time, or it could be something that's fulfilling to come home and be able to like bounce ideas off with, with somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we have a good time. Cause I mean, we work with so many different characters, like the kids are characters. So it's all like, it's always a story or let me tell you what happened today. Or this is <laughs> let me, like, let me, this like so it's always something that we yeah. can talk about even now like in the virtual learning thing like just bouncing like okay yeah. well we started using nearpod oh let me show me how to use nearpod or like i need to record these videos so it's just like it and education is always changing so it's always something new that we can talk about even down to like the cafeteria workers like yes. she left she left my school and came to mind and listen be throwing it down <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm so mad man she be throwing it down yeah, so now since both of our last names are Lockhart and we work in the same district like I be like she said oh you missed the Lockhart wife I said yeah she was like alright I got you I held him yeah. down I'm gonna hold you down so I'll come home and be like, yo, let me tell you what we had for lunch today. And he'd be upset because he don't have it no more. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's it's very therapeutic to have someone that knows exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And they can understand. Um, they understand when you say, listen, I'm tired. Uh, it's not a, oh, well, why are you tired? What you do at work today? Mm-hmm. Like, we understand that teaching is an exhausting job. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's weird because, you know, we both wanted to be doctors. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know how we got here, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's really cool. It's, it's also very cool because he can talk to his mom about education. Mm-hmm. I can talk to my mom about education. Mm-hmm. So we have like this wealth of knowledge, um, that we can use and we're always bouncing ideas and taking from one another. Are y'all going to so. be like those obsessive, like parent educators, like those type of educators that be drilling their kids all the time and like <laughs> nah man I just I want listen I just I want I want her to be where she's supposed to be like I don't you don't have to be if you if you can excel on your own like you have that drive then go ahead and push but I'm gonna make sure that you're on grade level yeah. so that you're not <laughs> right. like it's that a you're not minimum. falling behind yeah, like, yeah, I want you to, to be where you're supposed to be. You know us as people, so you know we're really go with the flow. Um, We're going to be the same way as parents. We also know that, like, grades are pretty abstract. So 
you got to see in this person's class, but they're a really, really hard teacher. Whereas if you would have gotten an A in another person's class. So yeah. just because you may have gotten a bad grade doesn't mean you don't understand. Yeah. It just depends on the teaching and the teaching scale or yeah. the grade scale. So I'll, no, yeah, I've, I've thought about that. Like if I have kids, like, Am I going to beat their ass? Am I going to be up at the school? Am I going to let the school know that I'm an educator? Like, am I going to be like one of those hovering parents? Like, what kind of standards y'all using? Where that coming for at? Let me, let me observe. Let me right, that's not the way that. I thought. Like, is, is that, like, is that going to be me? That I just wonder. Like, am I going to be um, that type? <laughs> we, so... Depending on how long we stay where we are, she'll probably just go to the schools that we teach at. That's because so cool. he works. Yeah, he's primary. I'm middle, so um, I don't even think we would have to do all of that because our coworkers would be the one like, "Oh, I know your daddy. You better be doing this work." Yeah. Um. So we wouldn't have to do all of that. You it know would just what? be. It so. speaks volume that you you all said that she would go to your schools. Because I know a whole lot of folks who would not send their kids to the school that they work in. And I think whatever it is that y'all are doing, that y'all trust y'all coworkers enough and trust your school district and instruction enough to to instruct your babies, your baby, because they're going to have more. I said babies because it may be more on the way. But I think it's it's cool that y'all, y'all trust y'all district enough and y'all schools and co- co-workers enough because I can't say every school that I've worked in I would send my children there even with me there I think I trust my co-workers enough yeah it's we the, it's, the, it's the, yeah it's the, the yeah uh, like we have a really good team yeah and I know that the they come in with the kids best interests yeah in mind so you know, I mean, we may have a day where, you know, everybody is off the chain, but it, mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah. And it's, I know that every day is not going to be like that. And I know that regardless of what kindergarten, first grade class she's in, that she's going to be put in the in the forefront of the teacher's thoughts. But you're going to pick which class, though. I bet you can say, put them in next first grade class. No, they wild over there, but you can go over here. You know, I may want her to see a little wild. Like, you know, just get go ahead and get out your system early if you want to. If you want wild out, a little culture. Yeah, go ahead, wild out. Just just for like a year, and then you know, then you go. But I mean, we've had kids like, oh, I want to go to this class because. These kids in here is, is tri- yeah, like they tripping in here. Yeah. I'm trying to learn, like, yeah. yeah. So you know, that's what I want her to have. Like, okay, they've been wilding, but now it's time to like, it's time to learn. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Like, I don't want a square. Like, I don't want a lame kid. Yeah, nah, you Like, I'll be okay getting a phone call every now and then saying like, yeah, yeah, they wild out. So we, we are definitely gonna get some phone calls. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Based on how she acts right now, and they're gonna be like, "All right, Miss Lockhart, you know it's time to come pick her up." <laughs> I'm on my way. We already know that, so um, you know we're real nonchalant as people, so we're probably gonna be nonchalant as parents. We're not gonna be hovering over the teacher's neck like you did this wrong, you did that wrong. Yeah. We may even give the teacher a few times to do something wrong. Yeah, nice little email. Hey, <laughs> yeah. After the third time, we have to pop up like. 
is supposed to work. Let yeah. me go ahead and cry so I can take this day off and go <laughs> to the schools. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's that's I gotta figure that out. I gotta figure out how I can do that as a principal with my supervisor. I'm gonna sit in one of them meetings, like, look. <laughs> in PD today, they just I I couldn't. They weren't they listening. Was just, nah. There you go. Um, when I worked at high school, the librarian told me to start going to a therapist, and she said you need to start going now so that. Um, when you need some time off, you can throw, like, have a breakdown, but it'll be backed up because you've been going to therapy. So your therapist can say, well, we knew the breakdown was coming, and you'll still get paid. And I was like, oh, so she really just worked with <laughs> <laughs> She figured it all out. And she was crazy, too. She got the formula. She got the formula. And she the librarian. Librarian. What stressed out about <laughs> Crazy. Kids don't even go to the library no more. <laughs> she made, she made sure the kids she was mean. No kids in there no more, man. That's she was so thing. mean. Why are the librarians so damn mean? I came so up, mean. yo, in elementary school, the librarians <laughs> like, what are you angry about? Why? Oh yeah, our librarian was our librarian was cool. I had ISS one day, and we just listened to, like, smooth, like, smooth, <laughs> smooth jazz all day. I just sat in the little desk somewhere. I ain't never had no cool librarians. They all been Ever. They don't want you to talk. They don't want you to touch the books. They don't want you to do nothing. Oh, yeah, my high school librarian was not nice. Don't touch the books. Like, I got to get a book out. I'm at the library. Like, they just I don't get it. I don't get it. Y'all, this was great. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask y'all to come back on for some other topics. But this was this was so much. We got nothing for time. Byron, you got clearly more time. I mean, listen, man. I'm just I just do what they ask me to do, man. I upload my little lessons. We did a little near pod. Our daily morning meeting with everybody, little family huddle. I'll be struggling. I'm struggling. Black man versus black woman. No, man. No. It's because we only, we don't do science and social studies. So they only have ELA and math. I mean, we do science and social studies, but there's no science and social studies teacher. So we don't have as much to upload. We can talk about that in another time, how they're rallying our children to science and social. I mean, listen, I try to infuse it when I can. Well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. Thank y'all for joining us on the Summer School Podcast. If something stood out to you in our conversation today, if there's a topic you would like for us to explore or hell, even if you are a woke, witty, or petty educator and want to be featured, drop us a line at info at thesummerschoolpodcast.com.